You're listening to the Metaverse Podcast, and this is session 103. How would you like to learn from some of the most successful game store owners in North America and find out what strategies and tools they use to grow their business, reach a larger audience, and build a profitable and thriving community of passionate customers and repeat buyers? You can grab your free ticket to the second LGS Success Summit scheduled for September 7th to 9th right now. We're talking three days of content delivered by 24 of the most successful game store owners in North America, covering the entire spectrum of experience. Day one of the summit is all about new store owners and what you need to know to get your business off on the right foot. Day two is all about growth and marketing and learning how to sell more products with cutting edge marketing strategies. And day three is dedicated to operations and optimizing we're going to learn about the systems and processes you need to build a business that runs itself. And just like last time, the LGS Success Summit is free to attend live. You can pick up your free ticket right now by going to lgssuccesssummit.com and signing up today. The LGS Success Summit is a virtual event, so you don't have to worry about spending thousands of dollars on airfare and travel and accommodations and food. And you can attend the summit and listen to the expert speakers from the comfort of anywhere with an internet connection. And if you can't attend live or you want to be able to rewatch the sessions whenever you want, you can upgrade your experience with an all-access pass. As an all-access pass holder, you get access to the audio and visual recordings once the summit is finished, as well as additional resources and bonus content. So if you've been thinking about how to grow your game store but just aren't sure about what to do next, the LGS Success Summit is where you want to be. It's three days of actionable strategies, useful resources, industry connections, and networking opportunities, and I am super excited for you to be there. Grab your free ticket and all-access pass by going to lgssuccesssummit.com and signing up today. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and I have with me Jess Carrier today. Jess is the head of marketing and events at Noble Knight Games in Wisconsin, and we are going to dig into my favorite topic, which is marketing. We're going to discuss her experience jumping in as the head of marketing at Noble Knight, some of the trends we've been seeing over the past year, content creation, social media, all that good stuff. So... Let's get started. Thank you very much for being on the show, Jess. I really Thank you for it. having me here. It's, it's great to be here. It's great that we connected. It took a couple of weeks to get this thing lined up, but I'm glad that we made it work. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about some marketing. Yeah, and uh, I, I appreciate your patience working it out. It's been, uh, it's been a really busy month for us, as a lot of people have experienced. It's, it's been a crazy summer for everybody. And we've started a few new projects lately. Uh, one of my favorite pet projects is something that I've recently listened to you talk about, which was the content creation aspect of something that we've rolled out recently. Uh, and that's been taking up a lot of time. So thank you for your patience, but it's been a rewarding experience getting that content ready. So I'm glad to be able to share it with you now. Absolutely. And content can be a lot of work. The content engine is, is a like you said, it's a big project. It takes a lot of time if you want to get the ball rolling, but it's, uh, it's definitely worth it if you put the effort in. So it's interesting to hear. It'd be interesting to see where it goes and uh, maybe we'll explore some of that. So uh, first off, what I usually like to do is kind of give people a little bit of a background on you know who they're talking, who they're listening to. So uh, give us a little bit of uh, the background story on the Noble Knight, on how yeah. it got started, what, what's going on with there, and then how you got into uh, the position of head of marketing. Absolutely. Uh, so Noble Knight Games, you already mentioned, we're based out of Wisconsin. Uh, we're just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, we're really lucky to be in Wisconsin where there's this very vibrant uh, game culture. So we, we had a little bit of an advantage in there. Everyone knows, you know, D&D coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, so we have a lot of local connections with uh, a lot of the creators from the, the historic days of gaming when everything was just picking up with RPGs. 
so that's actually how Noble Knight got started. Our owner uh, back in 1997 had started a private collection of uh, picking up D&D books, collecting them, started kind of selling them, then you know expanding the collection more, then selling those, then it was a storage unit, then it was a warehouse, and now it's kind of grown organically over the years. So Noble Knight specializes in both the new products that are out there, the board games, war games, RPGs, card games, miniatures, uh, but also specializes particularly in the things that are out of print, the things that are hard to find, the stuff that you won't find at your average local game store. Uh, so that's been a little bit of our niche, but as we've grown, we've been able to expand more and more into keeping up with the newest trends, the hottest products, uh, and focusing on having what is now the largest selection of games in the world. Um, so the reason we can do that is because we buy, sell, trade, uh, which has been enormously successful for us, uh, you know, taking games that people aren't playing anymore and taking up space on their shelves, finding loving new homes for those games so they can continue to be enjoyed, uh, and then putting cash in people's pockets to turn into the newer games or the different collectible old games that they want. Uh, so it's been a really different place that we come from. Uh, we, we do things a little bit differently, and we started kind of in the opposite direction that I think a lot of game stores start in, where you start as a friendly local game store and then gradually over the years you become an online source. We did exactly the opposite. So we started as an online and became a friendly local game store. So we're, we're at heart both of those things, but the core part of our business has always been the online business. Uh, so it, we were uniquely posed when, when the events of 2020 came around. Uh, a lot of people were understandably scrambling to get that online portal set up and figure out how to do the online aspect of, of the game selling. Uh, we were already there, but what we discovered is as the growth went along, there was a need in our business for someone to kind of be a little bit more hands-on directly with some of those aspects of marketing and social media that a small company doesn't usually allocate a team to doing. Um, I'm sure my, you know most game stores, I'm sure most of you out there don't go into running a game store with a marketing degree. You don't go into it knowing everything about, uh, you know, legal practices and uh, rental laws and uh, international vending expertise. You don't, you don't go into owning your game store with a focus on, I already know what I'm doing with marketing. What most people, including myself, discover is that you're in a game store that grows enough to be able to support that and that it's really, really valuable to have someone uh, I, I hesitate to say the word babysitting, but someone needs to to to, to keep that uh, really focused. And um, I've been really privileged re uh, listening to a lot of the stuff that uh, that you've put out recently and hearing a lot of the things that we've been lately focusing on there. Uh, it's re it's really great to see. Um, so I realize a lot of people like myself. I came in to working with Noble Knight actually in a different position. I started as the storefront manager for the new location. Uh, the business had grown over the years. There were several warehouses spread out, uh, and the business moved to the Madison area uh, to kind of consolidate, make a bigger warehouse, make everything more unified, and have a better friendly local game store presence with a huge gaming hall, with a, a bigger, better storefront. So I was doing that. Um, and by default, some of that came when you're dealing with the events and the, and the friendly local game store aspect. Of course, you have to be involved in social media. So by default, I started kind of getting my hands dirty in, in the social media aspect of what we were doing. Um, as 2020 rolled around and things transitioned more to working at home and you know, my particular focus not having as much to do, you know, we had the, the store was shut down, the events were shut down. Uh, so that gave me kind of an opportunity to start diving a little bit more into what we were doing with social media and 
um, you know, when, when I started working with, for example, our, our Instagram account, uh, we had like two pictures up, they were old. Uh, we had like 40 followers on Instagram. I immediately after starting to pay just a little bit of attention to that, uh, it, it grew exponentially without any paid advertisement at all on Instagram. Uh, we, you know, we don't do paid followerships and it's, it's grown so incrementally that it all you really have to do is pay a little attention to it. Um, and now we're at, you know, about, you know, over 2000 followers there on Facebook, we're, I think rolling around 14,000. Uh, so we're not, we're no star city games, but it's, uh, we, we've been growing it steadily. And, uh, so when that kind of started to show real results, I transitioned fully into being a part of the, you know, heading the marketing team. Um, that was really not very dedicated. Not, I wouldn't say dedicated. Everyone is dedicated to their job, but there was no specific job that was like, you are handling this, this aspect of marketing. Uh, and as we've grown that, then we started to realize, as you were saying, the, uh, the opportunity that we had there to put out content of our own and make ourselves more known as a personality and more known as a brand and working on that SEO cross traffic, uh, has, has really been great. And, uh, so we've we just started launching our our gaming hall website to get some of that blog content out there, uh, and that's been going really well. We've been definitely seeing a lot of redirects to the site from that. Um, so I'm pleased to see it's already doing what we hoped it would do. So so that's how I fell into it. It was uh, not by being a marketing expert, but by doing a lot of research, having the opportunity, uh, knowing the company, knowing our customers, and that's really been invaluable for me personally. The the knowing our customers part. It's a huge thing that I would. I'm sure everyone in the game store industry knows that it's really important to know your customers, especially for the friendly local game stores. Um, so knowing what they're interested in, knowing what they want to see, knowing who they are, knowing their challenges, knowing the challenges that are presented to you by them uh, has really given me an opportunity to kind of work with the content that I think that they'll enjoy. Uh, and then also putting things out in front of those people that we hope that they will enjoy. Um, so that's something I can always recommend to anybody is, you know, listen to your customers, listen to what they want, listen to what they do, find out where they are. Um, I've heard a couple of people talk about how, um, radio advertising was kind of hit or miss for some people. Some people say it's, it's great. Some people say I never saw a single penny from it. Um, that's hard to track because you, you can't put a finger on, uh, you know, when someone hears your name on the radio and then do they later, you know, a month later make a purchase. Uh, you can't really watch that, but we started, we found out what what channels regionally people are listening to like what you know hey your customers are in the store what what uh what radio station would you like to hear playing in the store what where do you listen and then we reached out to a local um radio show host who did a morning show who enjoyed games we invited her to come out play some games see the store get excited about who we are and what we do and then instead of doing a radio ad in the traditional sense we had her uh, vocalized for us in the morning show about, hey, well, you know, what, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Maybe you could pop down to Noble Night Games or, hey, I was at home playing this great game with my family. I got it at Noble Night Games. That worked incredibly well for us. And we had the storefront staff ask people when they were coming into the new store for the first time, you know, they'll walk in and say, well, you know, it's my first time here. Great shop. Oh, great. Wonderful. How'd you hear about us? And we, we kept a very simple paper analog tracking sheet where, where did the customers say they heard about us? And we, we found a lot of uh, people were saying, oh, I heard you on, on JJO, or, oh, I did a Google search. Uh, you know, I heard about it because my friend Tom said uh, that you guys were moving into town. So in just knowing the basic trends of where people listen, what they do, where they're hanging out. Um, I pounded the pavement first when we first started opening the, the store as well. I went to the local, uh, the comic book shops. 
I went to the theater just down the hill. Uh, talked to them. Hey, we're your new neighbors up the hill. We're both in the entertainment industry. How would you like some flyers? We're just up there. Maybe you want to, you know, maybe your your uh, employees might want to come up after shift or before shift. Uh, we just talked to the people nearby. We talked to the uh, to the chamber of commerce. We got in all those places, and it it really did make a huge difference. Um, so, not to discount the online aspect of everything you do, but there is something to be said for putting up flyers on campus and stopping by the uh, the comic book shops and seeing if they'll let you post something on the wall. Um, there's a lot of opportunities out there that I think people start to think aren't viable anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And they really, really are. They Just being active and people seeing your name might not turn into an immediate, oh, you see this flyer and then you go make a purchase. But they know who you are. Uh, and maybe they're not a gamer, but maybe their friend is. Maybe they've brought it up in conversation. You know, oh yeah, I saw that, that billboard for Noble Knight Games or I... I was at the theater the other day and I saw something about you guys moving in. Um, so it, it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's been uh, really interesting learning a lot of these things that I, I certainly didn't go to school for. Uh, I was a liberal arts major, <laughs> so uh, marketing was not immediately up my alley. But it's uh, it's been really rewarding uh, to see how it can really grow something that I do deeply care about, which is the Noble Knight Game Store. Absolutely, that's a great, that's a one heck of a story, and you touched on so many <laughs> different points and like. I didn't want to interrupt, but like, yes, I agree. Yes, I definitely agree. Yeah, that's a really important point too. Like, and just the one that, just uh, near the end was uh, the one you were talking about with basically like market research, essentially kind of getting to know what your customer wants and getting to know what they think and how they talk and what they're interested in. That's like the foundation for mar- for marketing, essentially, right? Because if you're just sort of putting, if you're putting stuff out there, it, it's very much hit or miss because you don't really know what's going to work. You don't really know know what's going to resonate unless you do that groundwork and you actually have those conversations with people. And that's one of the, well, I don't know how many store owners are putting in the work of actually having those conversations and documenting and like trying to put it into a, like a coherent system that you can actually use it for something later on. Uh, but that's definitely a really important point that I think you touched on that a lot of people could, could benefit from just by doing that, just being very simple with just answering or asking those questions. Uh, and just kind of getting an idea of, of what they're looking for and what they're interested in. And then you can use that for everything that you do with your business. Mm-hmm. Well, one place you can start is by talking to your employees. I mean, you, you might be a, a one or two mm. person operation. So maybe it's you at the cash register all the time and you have that golden opportunity to talk to every single customer, but likely not. Uh, likely your employees are the face that people are going to meet when they go to your store. So empowering your your staff to ask those questions and be involved with that, or just ask them, hey, what, as you as staff, what, what radio stations do you listen to? What, uh, what do you do when you leave work here? Uh, where do you hang out? Uh, how did you find out about our store before I hired you? The, these are places where you can start very simply and expand further and just invite a team meeting sometime to like, where, uh, where are you hearing people finding out about us? Are they walking past the street and just saw a display in the storefront? Or were they finding out about us online or, or through their friends? Uh, and word of mouth is an incredibly powerful tool as well. There is no better advertising than knowing that someone spoke about you completely off the record with no incentive other than that they enjoy your services and want to share that with their friends and the people that they gave with. I would rather have one person who's out there talking about us than have five ads running online that that gain a customer or so there one unhappy customer will spend a lot of time kvetching about about their unhappy experience yep. 
but happy customers are less likely to do so. But so when you find one that really is out there advocating for you, what did you do to make them that loyal customer that you can build on? And how did they get that happy? Did you, was it because of your product? Was it because of your attitude? Was it because of your social media presence? Um, and you mentioned in a previous podcast that I was listening to not too long ago, I think it was one about Star City Games, um, that there's an opportunity to turn around those those unhappy customers. Oh no, that was in your review thing. Um, there's There's opportunities to turn those customers around and they can become some of your most loyal customers. Uh, but finding out what what makes you you and what people are resonating with you is is just a fantastic way to get in people's mouths. Um, we found regarding your Star City post though, um, when it comes to content, and what I've seen on their site and I've noticed on our site as well is keeping a rotation of the style of content you're putting out there that can hit different people differently is is great. So when I look at Star City Games and I see often there's just a slew of uh, memes. They're funny. They get great engagement. Lots of likes, lots of, lots of shares. They're getting a little bit of brand recognition out of that, but they aren't getting site traffic from that. And neither do we typically. You get a lot of likes, you get a lot of followers from the memes. So that's a great way to grow the audience, but what you really want in front of them is the product, right? So we've had good success by tailoring what we know that our audience likes to see, which is fun and funny gaming stuff that makes you laugh, that makes you smile, that gives us a personality. We're gamers too. We're having fun with you. We're, we're in the entertainment business and we're here to entertain you, but we're also a business. So we rotate between content that's funny, content that's about us and what we do, and then about the products that we sell. So that we can, by dint of having that, uh, that boost of the funny meme that everyone laughs at, you get some more followers, you get some more likes, you get some brand recognition. Then you follow that up by who we are, what we do, maybe it's a store event, maybe it's a meet the staff, maybe it's just a silly moment from the office. And then followed later by, here's a new product, here's a new publisher. Uh, so that you can get that growth of the audience followed by them seeing what you have out there to purchase. Um, that's worked really well for us as well. So it's a it's a, a strategy that I can recommend is rotating through some some funnies with some some serious content. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, again, you, you touched on two really interesting ideas that I think uh, I think we could explore a little bit too. Uh, the idea of the referral, the word of mouth being really important. Uh, obviously, like when somebody genuinely and organically says, hey, this place is great. You should go check this out. You know, this, I had a great experience there. You should go spend your money there. That, especially if the person is a friend or someone they trust, that is worth way more than almost any other recommendation, any other advertising that you can spend money on. Like, that's going to really move the needle, right? Mm -hmm. So the question would be, like, how do you systematize that, if you can, right? How do you get somebody from, you know, where they start off, where they don't know who you are, they have no idea what you do, uh, they become aware, they learn a little bit about what you offer, and then they you know, eventually become a customer, maybe once, you know, they, they try it out, and then they become the return customer where they're becoming a regular and, and so on, but they're still not quite at that point of like brand advocate, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what's, what kind of an experience do you have to give that person in order to get them to that point of saying, I'm going to tell my friends about that, right? And kind of mm -hmm. thinking about the journey as a customer along that, you know, that spectrum. Mm -hmm. I think in talking about that and thinking about that, as the owner, as a, somebody who's trying to like uh, come up with a marketing plan for your own game store, I think that's a really important idea to kind of keep in mind. What stage are these people in? And then, you know, how can you progress them? How can you 
improve their experience along that spectrum to the you know to advance people to the point of you know like ideally every customer who comes in your door has an awesome experience and loves your store and loves whatever you, whatever you're doing to the point where they go home and they they tell they hop online and they're like hey man did you check this out you got have you been to the store you know like that would be the best ideal uh, marketing experience if you could manage that that would be great mm-hmm. so keeping that concept in mind is really important and then uh, what you were talking about with uh, rotating content uh, the thing that kind of went into my mind at that point was the idea of the the funnel. So when you have, again, it kind of it touches into the customer journey as well, right? So at the very top of the funnel, you have you know awareness. Basically, you're just kind of like I'm putting stuff out to you know let people know that this is kind of we exist and we're here and you should you know maybe you should follow us, right? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kind of go down to the middle of the funnel where it's like okay, the person's now more aware of what you do and what you're offering, but now maybe they're just trying to like figure out what you know what maybe what uh, hobby they're more interested in, right? That's when you start really diving into the specifics, whereas at the top, you know, you're just saying, well, you know, we, we offer tabletop games and we offer vintage products and whatever else. Right? It's kind of just increasing the awareness. Then as you progress down that funnel, you have different levels of content at different levels of awareness. Mm-hmm. So kind of uh, like I guess the, uh, the example of Star City is kind of like uh, the content that they make for the like hyper-competitive Magic players, right? Those are the people who are they're they're into the strategies. They know the they know all the cards. They don't need to be told what magic is. They don't need to be you know educated on you know what the cards do or anything. Like they they know that. They want to know the deep dive strategy, right? The tournament reports and that sort of thing. So they're hitting a different niche. They're hitting a different awareness level with those levels. But that doesn't mean that they also don't create content for other people, right? For other levels of uh, of, of gamer, right? If somebody's kind of just getting into magic, there is still like the commander playthroughs and the videos and sort of, and that sorts of things to hit those more casual or less experienced demographics, right? And then creating content that kind of runs the gamut is a good way to kind of have a really wide net at the beginning that then funnels people down towards eventually making a purpose, uh, purchase in your store. Mm-hmm. And with a proper plan, like what you were talking about, to kind of move them to the point of, like, the meme doesn't really do much, but it is an entry point. It is, at least like when they like your page, you, then maybe they'll see the next thing that says, hey, you should check out this product, right? Exactly. It's not, uh, it's not completely invaluable, or <laughs> invaluable, that's not the word. It's not uh, not valuable. It does move things along, but you need to kind of do everything else as well. You can't just run your business on memes. Exactly, yeah. And, I, and I've seen some people try, and, and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure uh, where, the, maybe they have a strategy for memes that's better than my memes, I don't know. Uh, but I found that, like you said earlier about creating that customer experience that that makes us worthy of being respoken about um small gestures can go such a long way and working with those people who find you and love what you do and encouraging them to have positive things to to say about you uh, i mean maybe maybe they run a twitch stream maybe they uh maybe they have a gaming blog or they have their gaming group i've had tremendous success with uh, the kind of creators and content providers out there who reach out to you and say, I'm already a customer. I love what you do. I, you know, would you be interested in working with us and uh, maybe drop a, a coupon code for my listeners? I would love to. There is nothing that makes me happier than working with someone on advertising who genuinely appreciates what you do, knows who you are, and is speaking from a place of genuine experience. That mm-hmm. That is... Uh, to me, you can kind of hear that in, when someone's talking about a place, whether they're, I am being paid to advertise this company, or if they're talking about, 
I bought this thing from Noble Knight. Here is my experience. I can't say enough about how great that was, and I hope you guys check it out, is a more genuine aspect that I always try to chase. That it, it's the best kind of advertising I could ever hope for, and it's so validating to see that rolling in more and more for us as we've uh, dedicated more time to making our presence known and letting people know that, yeah, we're, we sell online all over the world, but we're also a small business. We're friendly local game store people. We are gamers too. We care about you. I want you to get your game too. I want you to get a good price for it. I want you to be playing it. I want you to be out there growing the pie for everybody, right? The more, the more gamers are out there, the more market there is for everybody. And to a certain sense, we are in competition with other game stores. That's, that's absolutely true. Uh, but I, I prefer to not think about it that way. Uh, and we're, we're privileged to have a very friendly working relationship with the other stores in our area. Um, we're also not on a walking path. You cannot see our store from anywhere unless you know where it is. Cause we're, we're a strange duck. We have the warehouse. We're not in your average, you know, walking mall area. So it's really important to us that people think of us as a destination and, uh, as a place that's like almost like a hidden gem. Like, did you know the largest selection of games in the world is right here in town? It's right here in Wisconsin. Did you know this this thing? And I want people to show up, be wowed, and walk away with a unique experience when they visit the store or when they go to our online portal, right? They should they should feel like blown away by the, the content that we have in terms of the spread of uh, what we offer, what we have had in the past, what we're gonna get in the future. And there's different ways that you can kind of curate that to the unique customer experience. Um, just a, a, a minor case in point, there was a new customer recently who reached out on Facebook. They saw this set of dice and they're, they're a collector. They really want it. There's only one left. Could you please hold this for me for a couple days? I We typically don't do that, but you know, sure. Let me just, I'll hold it for a couple of days. And then they happen to mention, hey, do you have uh, any custom sided D6? I collect the, you know, the custom D6 with the strange. Like, well, I, you know, I actually, uh, we have some of our sets for sale, the Noble Knight branded dice. He's like, oh, I just, I don't really need a whole set. I was just wondering if you, you know, I pointed him to a few that were for sale. And then I took a moment, I tracked down his order and I put a couple of our NKG dice in it. And that is a customer that is a first time customer who has already reached out to say, I've never had an experience like that before with any online vendor. No one has spoken to me like that. Like I'm a real person. You you <laughs> took you took a moment to to treat me like a human who, and like you care about me and it's just a set of dice but it meant a lot to me. And that person is gonna talk about that. Um, and then I've, I've had similar experiences with people who then are like, well, as it turns out, I run this charity program that I'm promoting. Do you wanna to donate to it? I would love to. A, a charity that's run by a gamer, love it. I would be thrilled to donate some gift cards to that. There's so many ways you can get out like that in, in a real, um, in a ways that gives you a personality, that tells people about who you are and what you do without putting out a big post that says, we like charity, we do good stuff. You can let your act actions speak there. Are you a friendly local game store? Are you welcoming to new people? Do you go the extra mile for customers, new or old? And being genuine about that and really following through on that has such an immeasurable gain. Uh, and I'm sure everybody already knows that, that you know, a positive customer experience is invaluable, but um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. and. Um, you can't reach out to every single person and offer them a, a special deal, but you can make sure that they think of you also as a real human and as real gamers who care about them. And that, that will turn into dividends as it grows. Um, 
you you mentioned something in a, a previous cast as well about um, the tool that is the email, that is the newsletter. Mm-hmm. That has been absolutely one of our most powerful tools um, for for literally decades. It's it's been a thing that this company grew on and never let go of, and it's it's really really worked well for us. Uh, as you said, that that allows you to really custom tailor what you want people to see, uh, the voice that you want them to hear and uh, provide them a sampling of, uh, you know, maybe not everybody who reads the newsletter is into uh, war games, or maybe they're not into CCGs. But having a smattering of all those things also raises their awareness of those are things that you do offer. Mm-hmm. And and not every story is going to have that broad of a, a sweep. We, we do a lot of everything. Not everybody's going to do that. So you can also focus that on what you really want people to know about what you do and what you specialize in. Uh, so that it, you had touched on that in a previous conversation we had, and I, I really wanted to point out that while you said that e- the email marketing has become slightly less effect- efficacious over time, that's that's perhaps true. Um, I don't know about you, but my my personal email inbox is absolutely swamped. I get probably a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I'm never I, getting that, inbox zero. Yeah, so not everyone is going to even see, even if they wanted to see the email that you send, they simply might not. So you can't just lean exclusively on that. But because we've been growing that list and growing that personality and growing those dedicated customers for literally decades, that tool has worked out really well for us and allows people to feel engaged with us as well. And we always welcome feedback. I want to reiterate that always welcome feedback (laughs) from customers, even if you think the thing that they just told you about it was, was silly or stupid. Keep that to yourself, but keep it keep it in mind. What they took a moment to reach out to you and say that thing, it means it's important to them. It's probably important to at least someone else like them. Um, listening mm-hmm. to them and and following up on their input, um, even if it's a one-off. If someone says, you know, hey, I would really love to see more of this thing in your newsletter. In the very next newsletter, if you put that thing in, maybe you never ever do again but they're watching for it and they see it and they feel respected, they feel heard and they feel valued because you valued them, you valued their input and mm-hmm. that, that loyalty will grow over time even if you never do that thing again. And you know, maybe you'll find other people saying, that was great, it was great to see you focus on that. The underlying uh, questions that I think the listeners are probably asking and thinking, when somebody emails you and says, hey, I was wondering about this, you know, have you ever thought about this or have you discussed this with anybody or something along those lines? If you're a store owner and someone says, hey, have you ever had this product in or do you know about this game or something like that? Chances are that one person is a tiny fraction of the, of the number of people who are probably, you know, wondering that question, just aren't willing to put the energy into a- to asking it. Mm-hmm. So if you answer that question and you say, yeah, you know, I, well, I looked into it, here's my thoughts on this or whatever the, you know, whatever the case may be, depending on the situation, uh, you're probably reaching out to far more people than you'd know and, and connecting with them in kind of a way that gets into their the conversation that's going on in their mind. It'd be almost like your mind reading. By, by answering mm-hmm. these questions, you are helping other people get to know your thoughts and, get, and allowing them to know what you think in your voice. And it's also benefiting the person directly who, who asked the question in the first place. So it's, it's a good resource to just kind of keep in mind that if someone's asking you questions or, or making comments or even if they're negative, right? Like the, the, when I was talking about the negative reviews, something, a negative experience, whether or not it's you know absurd or like you're completely 
the, the customer is entirely in the wrong in that case. He still had an ex or he or she still had the experience in their own head that went very poorly. Like maybe there's something that you can learn from the you know the the interaction either way. Even if it mm -hmm. is just maybe we can avoid this happening in the future by making some slight adjustments. Uh, but if it's a genuine negative interaction, that's definitely something you want to pay attention to for sure, right? right. You know, make sure it doesn't happen again. Whatever it whatever the situation may have been. Uh, you got to take steps to to remedy that ideally and like i i'm pretty sure i i made the point in the the episode was that the people that have a genuine bad interaction with uh with a business if you reach out to that person as a human being and and just genuinely say i'm really you know i, I care about the fact that this didn't go great for you because i want mm -hmm. this to be a great experience for everybody i would like to know how i can help here's my you know personal cell phone here's my email let's just let's talk for a few minutes and see what we can do to make this right. Uh, something like that is a, a really big step in turning that person into like a good, I mean, not like your best customer, but turning the experience around to the point where I've seen a lot of businesses do something like that, put that kind of a program in place where somebody reaches out to someone who's had that kind of a bad experience if they leave a review online or whatever. And then the person follows it up with, I talked to this person, you know, they reached out to me, we had a conversation, we figured out what the problem was, I've never had a business do that before. Usually, you know, I leave a negative review because something bad happened and I just get total silence and I just never go back mm -hmm. again. But because of the action of the person to try and fix the situation, that completely changed the, like it reframed what happens. Other people see that as like, well, you care, right? Like you're, you're not mm -hmm. just a cold hearted capitalist who doesn't, <laughs> who just wants to make money. You actually genuinely care about the experience of your customers and what happens to them and what you know what happens after they purchase their product and go home and all of that good stuff and it all comes together to kind of creating creating a business that values humanity that values people yeah. beyond mm -hmm. just the transaction yeah i mean we're we are in the people industry we would be nowhere yeah. without without the humans that play the games without the humans that create the games and sell the games and uh we're privileged as well i mean we're we're still a small company but I mean, most friendly local game stores have what under under ten employees. Mm -hmm. We have more than that. We have a few dozen. So we have we are able to have a team of customer service. We are able to have a team of people um, that are looking at marketing. We have a team of people that run the warehouse. A team of people that run the store. Um, so we we can spend the time as individuals following up on those experiences and reaching out to everybody who has uh, a positive or negative experience and trying to turn that around and, and making sure to humanize ourselves. But not everybody has that. I mean, most people aren't gonna have a customer service department at your store. You're not, you have employees and they are the employees. They do all the employee things. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I understand that it's, it's very tricky to allocate that kind of time to responding to every single customer on Facebook, uh, to responding to every negative Yelp review. It's, it's gonna be nearly impossible sometimes. To, to really allocate, you're you're busy. You're a business owner. You're a small business owner. You're a game store business owner. You've got a lot going on. You're running events. You're you're managing people as HR. You're doing your advertising. You're doing your research. You're dealing with your uh, with your vendors. It it's a lot Cleaning to handle. The toilets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're the janitor. So, uh, so, but if you if you can kind of just carve out maybe an hour a week. Um, mm -hmm. To, to spend on that and maybe you don't hit every single one of them but you hit some of them uh, and maybe have a have a coupon code that you can follow up you know after you've already resolved the situation have a coupon code that's for 
exactly those type of people maybe. So uh, you've got a coupon code maybe that you're giving out to a brand new customer, a first time customer. You can see how well those coupon codes are getting used. You've got a coupon code that you're giving to people that you're trying to, for example, woo away from uh, your eBay store. For example, we have an eBay store. Love that you're on eBay, great that you're on eBay, but maybe let's put this coupon code postcard in your eBay box. Wouldn't you like to use that coupon on our actual website? Um, or you've got a coupon code for, hey, this person had a, a tough time with their order, we reached out, we resolved it, and then I followed that up with a coupon code for you know, a conversion of an unhappy customer. You can watch how well those codes get used, how often they get used, how often they maybe get spread. If you get a coupon code for us and you give it to your friends to use too, beautiful. That's wonderful. Now we've had more of that. Um, so that that's something I can also, I know I'm leaning off direction here a little bit, but get coupon great. codes. Get coupon codes out there that you can track and you can see how they get used. So when you start, uh, so we, we sponsor, for example, a couple of different uh, podcasts or shows in various levels of, of intensity. You know, maybe ranging from just here. Here's a game to you review that yeah, we'd, we'd appreciate it if you mentioned it came from Noble Night Games. To uh, here is a monthly payment. Here is a discount coupon per month for you to spread to your users. You can see how successful that has or has not been. Then do a you know a quarterly or a half year review. How often are these codes getting used? Are they getting used almost daily? Are they getting used almost never? Maybe if they're getting used almost never. Hey, it's been a really great run. We're going to start looking at, you know, changing up platforms a little bit, maybe circle back to them in another year. You don't want to burn those podcasters and those friends of your of your store that are out there making content and using your name. Uh, but you also want to focus your efforts where where they're getting use. So it, when you see that coupon code getting used a lot, you know it's working. You know that whatever platform you were spreading that code on is working really well for you. Um, so you can do that by th dropping them in places like uh, Facebook groups where permitted. Make sure that you're doing that in a group that permits it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, spread it in your groups, spread it, uh, you know, with the, the shows and the content creators you work with. Uh, spread it on your own site, spread it in your email, spread it on a postcard you drop in a box. Put it, take a nice little sticker, get some stickers made, put it in the box. Where's that sticker going to land? Who knows? But maybe someone's going to see it and recognize that logo or ask, hey, where'd you get that? Um, there's so many of those little things that you can that you can track or not track, but that you can tailor to an individual's experience and find out more about where they came from and what their what their path through your funnel has been like. Um, you know, you can look back on their was this person who used that coupon code had they never made a purchase ever before, or were they someone who already knew about you? Are you hitting an audience that's fresh, or are you hitting people that you already had? And you want to make sure that those people you already have are happy and they want to have, you know, have content that's for them, but also where are you underperforming and can you reach out to spread more into that market? Um, maybe, maybe I'm a biased source on this, but one of the things that I find continually a little bit disheartening when I look at our metrics is the, the ratio of male to female. Um, and I know from experience, there are a lot of female gamers out there, but are we reaching them? Are they our customers? Across the board in almost every game store I've ever talked to, the, the ratio of male to female purchasers is highly, highly in favor of the male purchaser. But that doesn't mean that women aren't there out there gaming and buying games. So why is it that they aren't your customer? And what can we do as an industry and as individual stores to reach that market? Sure, you might want to focus on, well, you know, all of my audience is male, so I want to tailor my audience to men. That's great. You're, you're keeping that audience but you have room for growth 
where you are not performing already. So it's important to me personally as a female gamer to also make sure that the ladies of the kingdom out there know that we are welcoming to you. We, we are here for you. Uh, you are not excluded as an audience and we are not gatekeepers in any way. That's, that's an excellent aspect. And I have actually seen growth, especially in our local market, um, of seeing a higher percentage of female purchasers and a higher percentage of female players coming to our events, um, just by making sure that we're not excluding that market intentionally or unintentionally. Um, so where, where are you performing well? Where are you not performing well? Where can you see growth? Uh, what are your customers? And find out what they like, what they do, tailor to them, but also see where you maybe can expand. You've basically got two ways of, of kind of growing the pie, right? You make it deeper, you make it wider, right? So mm -hmm. the idea of like, you know, who are you leaving outside of your pie, right? Who, who, who's not being able to partake? Uh, is it important thing to kind of consider and it's it's sometimes hard to see right it's hard to see the absence of something whereas mm -hmm. you can really see like well these people spend a lot of money or this is my core audience and you know the they, they're my regulars that come to the shop on a regular basis how do i get more people like them in order to spend more money with me right and how do i entice them to spend more of their free free time and free funds at the store uh, that's going deep right but you don't see all of the people who aren't in your shop not spending your money. So it's hard to notice that, but it's definitely, it's a massive untapped market, obviously. The uh, expanding into more of the mainstream, uh, I kind of hesitate to use that term because it's not really the case anymore. It's, it's, it's changing quite a bit. Uh, tabletop gaming is becoming much more of a, an accepted and uh, common uh, pastime for people of all sorts, of all uh, shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still there's still a lot of uh, work to do and a lot of opportunity out there for every game store to reach a larger audience, and that includes mm -hmm. you know people in groups who are not necessarily uh, commonly found in game stores. And up until yeah. this point, it has been like you said very male dominated. Yeah. So how and do I think... like how what kind of a strategy or what kind of an idea uh, tactic could people do to put into place uh, that would allow them to maybe be mm -hmm. more inviting or enticing to the female population? I've seen some demographics that seem to to point towards that the uh, this kind of boom of, of female gamers and newer younger gamers uh, they have a higher percentage of purchase on places like Amazon than they do in friendly local game stores. What I could talk for an hour about the reasons why that might be the case, but it it remains the case that a lot of those newer gamers and untapped market gamers are purchasing through Amazon and. There's, there's plenty of reasons why they purchase through Amazon. There's, there's anonymity, they get it fast, they get it cheap. And we as friendly local game stores have to compete with that. How do you do that? What do you have that Amazon doesn't have? Well, for us, there's, there's one benefit is we have some product that Amazon doesn't have because we, we have these, these rare, these collectible, these out of print things, but that's not most people's gig. Um, and even for the things that aren't those old out of print collectible, you know, the Gary Gygax signed modules, you, you can compete with Amazon and those fast market places slowly over time by giving people a reason to do it. And you're never going to be Amazon. You're never going to rank uh, above them on the searches. You're never going to uh, probably be able to compete with their pricing. But what you can do is be a place that people care about and, a, and people that people care about. You have something that Amazon doesn't have, which is that you are a friendly local game store 
people, especially in our area, in Madison area, uh, we care a lot about local business. It's just kind of part of our endemic culture is, is shop local, shop Wisconsin. So we have that aspect we can lean into. Um, you have that aspect too. Amazon will never be able to talk to a customer about, hey, I enjoyed this game, what might you recommend next? Um, hey, I had trouble using this in that portal. Uh, I'm not sure what I should do here. Talking to that person is something Amazon will never do. They will not help you. They don't care about you personally, and you as a company can. So making sure that you give people a sense of that there is a benefit that you provide, not just in uh, the events that you have, which is great and important. You want people to come to your events. You want people to play at your store. You want people to have fun with you. Uh, make sure that they perceive that in everything that you do, that you're not this faceless corporate entity, that you're, you're people, you're gamers. And, and that, that gives people a reason to wait that extra two days to get their game or to spend the extra $2 on the game to support you and keeping you here as a resource for them. So making sure that they perceive that benefit, that value that you have that other places don't have, whether it's that you're competing with Amazon or the local Walmart, what do you have that they don't have? And I guarantee you, you do have something they don't. And you just have to find what that is and play to it and uh, make sure that you're giving people that, that experience. Uh, they're they're out there for the experience of the game, not for the the faceless corporate entity of game, and that helps grow the market for everybody, for every local game store ever. And the more the more gamers are out there, the more games are being purchased, the more games get made, and that, as you said, grows the pie wider and deeper for for everybody. So don't discount that immediate uh, experience that someone has, whether it be the first time visit to your website, the first time visit to your store, the first time they reach out on Facebook that give them that benefit of the doubt of what what you can provide that the online stores of the big corporate entities can't ever give you good answer a good answer that's what i was looking for what can people what can game store owners do what can they put into place that really will allow them to connect with people in a, in a way that allows them to compete with something like amazon because mm -hmm. like you said there's no way you're going to beat amazon at their own game it's impossible yeah yeah i can also recommend uh we uh, about a year, two years ago, we redesigned our website and uh, make sure, make sure your website is mobile friendly. Make absolutely sure that it is super mobile friendly. That was an issue we had. Uh, it's an issue we've worked on. It's an issue we will continue to improve the website as we go. Get homepage banners. They've worked extremely well. What, what are you trying to plug right now? What is the first thing that someone sees when they land on your store? Is it the same thing every time? Is it just your logo when they land there the first time? Uh, or is it hey, this new event, or this brand new product, or build some excitement about this upcoming thing. Um, having something fresh, having something engaging, showing people something uh, that you want them to be interested in when they land on your page is, is a great tool. Um, so we, we've had tremendous success with doing that home, rotating homepage banners, which of course means you also have to pay attention to uh, design. You have to have some graphic design work going on there uh, but you can also find a lot of those assets from the publishers that make these games right sometimes they just have a banner already made that you could maybe tweak just a little bit uh, or you can spend a few minutes uh, you know on Photoshop getting something together Canva uh, yeah yeah so we're, we are now to the place where we have a couple people that that's our job we're, we're here to make those banners and we're here to make those Facebook posts and keep things fresh uh, and that's going to be very challenging for a lot of local game store owners but I can promise you it is worth it. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I want to emphasize the mobile 
mobile-friendly website point. Mobile search, mobile uh, people searching through the website or using the internet on their phone is now the majority. Like, whereas, you know, a couple of years ago it was not. Most people were still using their desktop. But the vast majority of people who are going to your website are going to be coming to it on the phone. So it better look nice and be at work functionally on that phone or else it's going to be, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever looked at a website on the desktop and have it appear the exact same way on the phone, you can't press the buttons, the links are too small, like it just doesn't work, you know, you got, you got big thumbs and a tiny screen, it's got to work properly. So if you have a website, it needs to be mobile friendly and that, that trend's not going away. More and more people are going to be using their phone to interact with your site, especially with uh, e-commerce. And the, the good news is at least uh, that most of the e-commerce platforms that people can use to build their, their website, that's kind of the default. Mm -hmm. Most themes, most uh, like Shopify or, or, or any of the other uh, platforms that you can use to build like a, an e-commerce site, those, it's kind of built in. So you don't have to worry about it too much, but that is something that you need to consider, especially if your website's like, you know, five, six, seven years old now, and you haven't really done a whole lot to update it or really keep it fresh. That's something that you want to consider because chances are most people are coming up to your site, you know, they're, they're Googling you and they're showing up on their phone and they're like, nope, and they bounce right off. Mm -hmm. You've just lost a massive opportunity because you're you're scaring people away, right? It's just a bad experience, exactly. and you have something like three three seconds to really, you know, connect with somebody when they they hit your home homepage. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, to, to emphasize the point of of the banner, right? The above the fold, what do people see when they go to your website? What's the first thing that they see? Because if it's just a whole pile of links and you know something a post from like two years ago, that's probably not going to be very effective. But if you right. have you know, your one big call to action right there on the screen when somebody clicks to your website and says, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in promoting this new pre-release for a new upcoming set. That's what you want to emphasize. That's what you want people to come out for. You're trying to get into the WPN. You know, you want to achieve premium or something like that. That's perfect real estate on your website. That's what you need to be taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I definitely like that point. A hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that hasn't that was a little bit surprising to me that was uh, that hasn't worked super great for us was Google Shopping. Uh, that has been fairly slow for us. That was uh, the pay per click was a bit of a cost sink, mm -hmm. um, and it's more dialed in now. We, we've we focused that a little bit more, and now it's it's working better. Um, but the Google Shopping platform just didn't it didn't do it for us. Oh, now Google Ads, on the other hand, retargeting campaigns and that and and lookalike search that works fantastically. Of course, uh, you know, you have to focus on making sure you have good Google reviews, making sure you have uh, good search placement SEO. Um, but for whatever reason, and may maybe you can learn me a thing here sometime, but <laughs> Google shopping was the one thing of late that we didn't see as much of a turnaround on as we expected. Uh, and I'm curious as to why that is when Google is uh, the number one uh, organic turnout for, for people to our site. Um, that why is it that if Google brings more people to our site than anywhere else, why Google shopping didn't work tremendously well for us is something I'm, I'm fascinated to dive into at some point. That would um, definitely be interesting to, to get some data on. Yeah. My impression is probably that people are not used to purchasing through that channel, whereas people are used to searching for the website, right? The, you know, uh, the game store near me or whatever the uh, mm -hmm. search term usually is. Uh, whatever it happens to be, and then usually, like a, a good percentage of people will ignore the first like one or two or three results because you know those are ads. 
I don't want to look at the ads. I just want to look at the organic stuff because that's where the good stuff is, which is why SEO is so powerful. Uh, but they'll, they'll look for that. So they'll skip that top bar because that's not really what they're hoping for because they know that that's a pitch, right? They want to go to the search results, which are not necessarily going to be trying to sell them something. They might just be looking for information. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the, it, it could just be that the shopping placement ad is just being skipped over by the majority of people. And it's just not a, uh, like, it's not the expected way of purchasing that game store customers are kind of used to. Right? They're not mm -hmm. looking for that. They're looking for, they want to go to your website. They want to go through the pro the the checkout page and go through it in that way rather than doing it on Google. At least just that's my initial thoughts. It would be interesting to see exactly why that might be the case. Uh, but, you know, ever since when we started, and this is a very recent development for us, by the way, having the, the gaming hall content site, which is a, uh, we built that off of WordPress. We integrated it to our main site a little bit. Um, you know, we're providing crosslinks from the WordPress to our site and back and forth. Um, we immediately saw outside of the organic Google search results that site is the number one conversion to our current site now. Uh, it, it's outperforming Facebook. It's outperforming Twitter. Uh, it's outperforming all of the social medias combined, actually. Um, so that is basically finding itself as another site that people are Googling. And then that Google site leads to our real sales site. Then it, it circles in this beautiful... Um, you know, exacerbating circle of, of growing itself, and it's already working extremely well. So uh, I know you've touched on this before, but I can't say enough how I how well I think this is going to work for us of having that content. And it, it serves so many purposes of just getting people to your site, establishing you as a reputable source, establishing you as a place with personality that therefore shows that you are uh, someone that people could shop with instead of Amazon because you're real people, you're real gamers. So there, there's just so many benefits to that. And I really hope to see that trend continue on our site. It's, uh, it's my baby too, a little bit. I, I want to see it succeed because I've sunk so many hours into it. Um, but to that end also, we, uh, because we're kind of new at doing that and we're still ramping up production, we're also interested in talking to people who might want to contribute and who might want to collaborate with us. We're friendly. I'm friendly. If you want to do some cross collaboration with us, maybe you've got an article you have written and you want to share. And I, I know in this sense, we're probably, I'm talking to other game store owners, so maybe you don't want to, but maybe you've got something else going on. I don't know. If you want to do some link trading, you want to put an article on our new site, maybe we could do a little bit of vice versa. Reach out to us. Happy to talk to anyone in the industry anytime. Um, you can reach out to me at marketing at noblenight.com. Uh, and that's Noble Knight with a K. Uh, so marketingnoblenight.com, feel free to reach out. I would love to talk to any of you anytime. Uh, swap stories, swap contacts, swap content. Um, happy to. So uh, please, please don't hesitate. I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes as well. So it's uh, easier for people to, uh, to, to find than uh, remembering an email address on audio. Uh, but yes, content can be your greatest salesperson always out there it's always hyping up your stuff it's always telling people all the good reasons why they should you know maybe purchase a particular game or whatever uh you know subject you're covering at the time uh but it's it's, it's a fantastic workhorse for so many things <laughs> so like mm -hmm. like you said it gives you gives your brand a voice it gets it gives people the opportunity to know you a little bit better as a writer as a person mm -hmm. as a as a store owner mm -hmm. as an organization and it also directly leads to conversions. Like you said, like it, it can, it's one of the best performing converting 
pieces of, of marketing is that you can mm -hmm. have somebody uh, get educated on something that they might like and then that can lead to the natural decision of like, wow, this game sounds really exciting. This sounds like it's right up my alley. How do I buy it? And then right at the end, it's like, well, here you go. This is this is where you can buy it right now, and we'll ship it to you, mm -hmm. you know, anywhere in the world. And uh, whatever, if you've got all that lined up so that your system takes care of itself and you've got the e-commerce side kind of locked down, the content is a really great lead into that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hope it continues that trend. And we've also been... Uh, I've been really pleased to present that as well as a place where our employees can find a voice too. I, mm. I want them to feel involved in the business. They want to feel involved in the business. They work hard. This is an industry that we all care about. So I love to get suggestions from the staff on like, hey, I saw this new product come in or I'm excited about this new game. Would you like to tell me about it? Um, or would you, maybe people would like to meet you and have you tell them about your favorite games. Now you've got an article about your employees. They've found their voice there. They show, it shows that we're proud of them. So they feel invested more in us because we're invested in them. We respect what they have to say. We value their ideas and they can see that in action. They are, they are gamers and they know what they're interested in. So someone else is also interested in that. So we can build up our presence and also the respect within our organization for one another. It's, it's really, uh, it's a great feeling when you reach out to someone, uh, who's maybe, you know, up on the chain in your, in your business and say, you know, I, I would, I would really like to see this. Is that kind of a thing? Or maybe this would be funny. Is that, is that a cool thing we could maybe do? And sometimes you just hear like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. And then nothing happens. And you're like, well, I'll, I probably won't bring that up again. But when you see that, you know, maybe you've presented a couple of different ideas and then later someone goes, hey, look, here's the article that we wrote about that. Thank you for the idea. I feel valued about that. Wow. They, I, this is, this is me. I look at me here on this website. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's valuable too. make sure that your employees are engaged and care about your business. Uh, works hard. Nobody does it for free. No one would be there working for you if it was, if they weren't getting paid. So, um, having those extra benefits to see the results of your, of your ideas and your thoughts and your emotions uh, play out in a way that is also valuable to the company is, is rewarding on, on just an emotional and on a business level. And it certainly makes the content creation task a little bit easier when you have a it lot does. of people who are willing to do it and they're excited to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping more and more as people from our staff see that stuff going into action, that we will actually get more of them writing their own pieces and giving us more and more ideas and we can dial in on which ideas are kind of working best. And, uh, it's, I'm just really excited to play with it and, and see where that goes. And, uh, I hope, I hope people enjoy it. You know, it, I, I just want to lay out again that it's, it's a tough business to start getting into marketing when it's something that you didn't train your whole life to get into. Right. Mm. It's, there's a lot of information to suss through and, uh, figure out what's what's going well and why suddenly something isn't working. Um, we had we were doing, uh, for example, it, uh, case in point, Instagram. We're we're having a lot of fun with this Instagram. We were playing with all these hashtags, and then suddenly the impressions we were getting from hashtags just went to nil. It was gone. Uh, you know, we would get hundreds of impressions from hashtags, and then suddenly nothing. So we had to spend some time digging into that. What happened? Uh, and we found this weird shadow information that if you use the same hashtags repeatedly in a series of posts, Instagram will start thinking maybe you're a bot and they'll start crushing your impressions. 
So we were doing this thing, you know, we, we would hashtag ourselves over and over, hashtag board game, hashtag RPG. When we do those in a series that were too close together, Instagram just shut our impressions down from hashtags. Then we also dug further into, you know, are we getting a lot of impressions when we use these big hashtags, you know, hashtag RPG, hashtag D&D. You'd think that you'd get a ton of hits off of that, but because they're used so much, your post is almost instantly buried in those hashtags of people who are browsing through those hashtags. So we, we started tailoring a little bit more again to some of the smaller but not inconsequential hashtags and rotating them more and making sure not to use the same hashtag two posts in a row. And immediately the, the hashtag impression started going back up. So I never in my whole life had even heard that that was a thing. No idea that that was a thing that might happen to you. So it's a constant learning experience. Things are changing all the time with how the algorithms work, what platforms are the best trafficked and what are not. Um, you know, Yelp isn't as, as prevalent as it used to be. Um, Google is more and more prevalent. So there's this constant rolling channel of things that you have to keep up on and learn. And if you don't have the time to dedicate a whole person to that, it's really beneficial to have folks like you out there, Tom, honestly, who are putting that information out for everybody and, and sharing it and talk to the other game stores and talk to, to people who you like what they do and see what's working for them. And um, the more we're open in this industry with each other about what we do and how we do it and what works, long-term, it's gonna benefit all of us. So I, I'm just really grateful that there are folks out there like you that are sharing this kind of thing with one another because you can't generally dedicate your whole game store ownership career to marketing and social media. Um, that's not going to be viable for most. So uh, focusing on what you can do and, and hearing the, uh, some various ideas that have and haven't worked for people uh, is, is just really excellent. And I, th I thank you for it. Well, I appreciate that. That's, that's one of the things I'm trying to bring to the table is it's like you said, it's really hard to do everything well. It's pretty much impossible to do everything well. So it's, it's important to learn from people who kind of like go deep on one direction and specialize in something and kind of get glean what you can out of that and make it yours and apply it. Uh, you know, if you are not a good, if you're not good at accounting, you probably should outsource your accounting. If you're not good at marketing, you should probably outsource <laughs> your marketing or at least find somebody who can, you know, match what you're looking for and bring them in so that they can help you help you take care of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I did want to touch on one thing that you, you mentioned before we wrap things up, because we're going on a little bit longer than we originally anticipated. Sorry, I'm worried. Oh, it's okay. No, I think the, all, the, all the stuff we talked about was great. I, I, I feel like we could probably talk about marketing for another two odd hours, you know, at least, and all, explore all the different strategies and topics and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing that I wanted to touch on was when you mentioned Instagram and how like the hashtags and, and the, um, the, the shadow information, right? The, the shadow rules, the rules that they don't tell you about when you get onto the platform. The algorithm, most, well, almost nobody really knows how the algorithm functions. Even people like internal engineers in Facebook and, and the social media sites don't really know exactly how the algorithm, algorithm functions. They don't know how it's gonna play out. They put in the inputs and then the output is, like there's, so, there's a million different variables that go into this calculation. So no one is able to say, okay, this is what's going to appear in your newsfeed. These posts, these are the ones that are gonna hit. It just plays out. So every time they make a change, it changes, like it changes drastically sometimes, right? And with social media sites, as important as they are for getting your brand out there, for getting, uh, for connecting with customers and all of that show, social stuff that, that they're really built for, uh, you don't control any of it, right? So like 
the one thing that uh, I, I believe I mentioned it on a past podcast uh, at some point, but I really like Facebook for marketing. I don't like Facebook necessarily as uh, maybe as like a, a company practice. I don't like the way that they've necessarily built their business. Sure. And that's because the uh, the original promise, like years ago when Facebook kind of started, you know, opening its doors up to beyond just the universities and the schools, was that, hey, get page likes. Page likes, you know, when somebody likes your page, that's how they'll see your stuff. So get page likes. Ask people to like your page. Pay for page likes. You know, promote your page that way. Uh, because that's how you know you get into someone's newsfeed, and then businesses spent some of them millions of dollars, like the major corporations spent millions of dollars buying these page likes to get likes on their page, and then Facebook said, "Oh, okay, well now we've got so many people on the platform, we're gonna have to kind of ratchet this down," and it's not just oh they like your page, they'll see your post. Now, like especially now, now today, the percentage of people that like your page that will see any given post is is in the single digits. It's like two or three percent for the average post. Maybe for like a really good one, you might hit ten, fifteen. Like if it really gets a lot of you know comments and interaction and stuff like that, then Facebook will will kind of reward you a little bit and send it to a tenth of the people that like your page. You don't control the traffic on social media. You don't control the traffic on Instagram, right? The algorithm changes all the time. It's the same thing with Google. Uh, like as great as SEO is and as, as powerful as it can be for your business. The Google algorithm has changed repeatedly throughout the years, and every couple of years they refresh it to try and you know either uh, stop spammers or stop uh, black hat tactics and people trying to take it take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that you can really do anything about. There's no real like uh, there's not a lot you can do about it. There's there's some things that you can do to mitigate your risk on that that end. Uh, but the point that I was trying to to make was that you need to own the traffic, and I. I, I we mentioned the email uh, a little while ago mm -hmm. and how powerful the newsletter is and how great it is for connecting with people. Even if you only get a you know, uh, 10 to 20% open rate on your email list, that's still something that you have complete control over, right? Mm -hmm. if you, as long as you're delivering good content and you're, you're sending out an email that people actually want to read because it's interesting or it's funny or, or whatever, uh, as long as you are doing that, you have direct access to your customers, to the people who want to hear from you, right? They've given you permission to send you information about the things that you do, so you should take advantage of it. Uh, moving people from social media, from your website, from you know organic Google uh, search results, and then getting them onto an email list where you have this direct connection with them is, is pretty much the most, uh, one of the most important things that you can do in terms of marketing, at least from my perspective. Like, uh, all the stuff that we talked about, you know, getting to know your customer, understanding how they talk, and how understanding how they think and what they're interested in, that's a really good basis. But not being able to communicate with them kind of like makes everything a moot point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I wish we could have... I would like to dive into email at some point. I, I would think that would be a, an episode on its own. It's just all the different things that you can do with email and what you can do uh, For sure. to get more email signups and, and build your email list and all that, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that's one of the most important things that you can do uh, with regards to your marketing. One, one incentive that we've used for the newsletter that I just want to share that's been uh, very effective for us, uh, we do a drawing every month. Two people win $50 gift certificates. So if you're, if you're subscribed and you're opening the email, you have a chance to win $50 of store credit every single month. Uh, and if, and I, 
we also offer a local email. So if you're a local and then you're getting the local newsletter as well, you actually have three chances every month to win $50. Are you going to win that $50? Most likely not. We have a lot of names. We have uh, we have a big list. Uh, but we, we've allocated some of that specifically to the local audience so that we, we say, hey, you know, the, the big newsletter is the big newsletter. We've got lots of customers everywhere, but we have one just for you because I want to make sure that one local every month gets a chance to win as well. Uh, so people are incentivized by things like the pop-up on our, our website. Uh, sometimes they'll pop up, hey, would you like to register for the newsletter? We give out $100 of store credit every month to just this big newsletter. And then the local newsletter, you also have a chance to win there too if you're a local. Psst, psst, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, that's an incentive both monetary and uh, kind of emotionally for the locals as well. Um, but we're, we're giving out all these opportunities to win. But if you want to if you want to actually win it, you do have to watch for our emails. You have to open them. You have to read them. And then you have to contact us and say, hey, I think I was that winner. Is this the winning address? You know, because we, we only put out a portion of the information to make sure that we're not, you know, giving out people's contact mm -hmm. information in our newsletter to, you know, a few hundred thousand people. Um, but so then they've reached out to you and that gives you another opportunity like, oh, hey, great, uh, Carol, congratulations. Uh, so glad to see you won. I love giving out these prizes. Do you have an account with us already that I can add this store credit to? You don't? No problem. You can create one or I can create one for you. Uh, I want to get you that store credit right away. You can use it instantly. Every time that someone wins, it's such a feel-good moment for them. And we're incentivizing people to sign up and listen to what we say by doing that. Um, so uh, it's a it's a strategy I can recommend if you can, if you can do it. Uh, offer an incentive. Um, and the more often that you're opening and reading those emails, I mean, people who are using, we're using MailChimp, for example, mm -hmm. you can see what the customer engagement level is. You know, they have like a star rating. So if you're, uh, I weight the list a little bit towards the more active readers so that if you are an active reader, you're an engaged customer of ours, you have a somewhat higher chance to get that winning draw and I can reward people who are engaged if that makes sense. So it's, it's, uh, it's still a random number generator that I use to pick the winner. Uh, but it's the more engaged you are with us, the more we can reward you and the more that rewards us. So it's worked for us. I like it. I think that's a great incentive. I think the, that is something that, uh, like a lot of, uh, a lot of people teach is that you have to offer something, someone giving you their emails in exchange. It's, you know, mm -hmm. like it's like I said, it's permission to to connect with them. And usually, you most people are like, I don't know if I want to necessarily give you my email. Right? You know, like my inbox is full mm -hmm. enough. But if you say, Hey, I'll give you this little little token of appreciation, right? You know, it's just a chance of winning a uh, a gift card in the future. Uh, that's usually enough to be to to get somebody to say, Yeah, okay, that sounds really that sounds like a good opportunity. I'm already interested. You just pushed me over the edge. Here's my email address. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, the nice thing about that is store credit. Right, it's not like a check or something you have to send these people. It's just here's some store credit, so it's uh, already kind of like offset by the margin of whatever they're buying. Uh, the value to them is higher than like technically the cost is to you as a business, mm -hmm. which is a great way to do it. And it also uh, it's limited, right? You're committed to a hundred bucks in store credit per month to have this constantly uh, incentivizing people, whereas you don't have to necessarily connect it to. Uh, like a coupon code, for example, where you say, oh, I'll give you a 10% off your you know, particular purchase under 10 bucks or whatever, or under $100, uh, because that's- Which like, is fine too. That works up too. to infinity, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. That's a, uh, 
it does work that that you know given a ten dollar coupon or something as an incentive works but as you said that can become a, a much larger animal than than you anticipated than maybe you had a cage for um so that that keeping a restrictive uh level on what you're offering and if there's anything i've learned about gamers over here we love open and blind pack that that sense oh, yeah. of could i win oh we love that oh we love that game so uh it's a, make it make a game of it you might win gamifying a whole other subject on, yes uh, yes indeed. Do it. It, it, obviously like tons of overlap with the uh, the industry so uh yeah okay we, we, again we could just keep talking but i know you know you've got to get back to your life and your work and uh, i don't want to keep you too much longer uh, but i did want to end with uh, one question and sure. then maybe uh, give you another chance to uh, to let people know where they can find you. Uh, so usually when I have somebody on the podcast, I normally ask them uh, the same question. I ask most people the same question. And that is uh, success. Success is a really like nebulous term. Uh, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. So my question is, what does success look like for you in terms of marketing for uh, Noble Knight? Do, do you mean for, for me personally or in terms of the business as a whole? I well, guess they're in a lot of way of lines, but... Uh, <laughs> sure. Well, let's go with both if there's a deviation. Sure. Uh, let me think about it. So for the company as a whole, the the measure of success to me um, ranges everywhere from, you know, customer number growth and uh, followership on our socials uh, to the uh, the percentage of positive reviews, which we've uh, we've seen over time because we are committed to the customer service aspect and to being uh, a reputable source and a reputable buyer that those positive reviews uh, grow themselves and seeing that rate continue to only go upward is a good measure of success but when it when it comes down to it the measure of the success for the business as a whole is clearly going to be uh, profit are we are we growing our profit therefore able to expand to buy more things to offer more product to more people who then grow the business more. So it's it's really growth focused to us and it's not purely monetary. Um, I know for a lot of people that that's gonna be the the thing, you know, how, how much am I able to pay myself monthly as the local business store owner? Some people are, you know, you've been there, you've had a year where you couldn't cut yourself a paycheck mm-hmm. um, or you knew for six months that everything was gonna go straight into the store, not into your pocket. So it's it's less about the, you know, the corporate profits overall and more about where we can get enough growth to to sustain further growth you know can we can we then um you know order more product which means we need more warehouse space which means we need more warehouse staff so do we have enough sale happening to continue that trend of growth and uh the sign of continued growth is a good sign of the health of the company so even if a lot of that growth eats some of that profit you're continuing to grow it. Um, so to my mind, that's that's where the, the true measure of the success is, is the continued trend of growth, uh, both of the, the number of staff, the number of sales, the number of uh, the profit margin, the followership, the likes, it, it's all one big net that sees uh, growth that hopefully requires an even bigger net. Uh, you know, do we, do we, we have to, we have to expand our parking lot now that's a good sign. We have, yeah, so we, our parking space was starting to get filled with just employees and we don't want that. So we really, everybody's got to leave the front parking lot open for customers. So then we're going to have to start 
you know, let's let's make sure there's room for them. Let's park on the street until we can expand parking. That's a sign to me that we're doing something right. We're we're growing the number of staff. We're growing the sales. We're growing the customers. Our events are still kind of getting back to where they used to be pre-COVID, but seeing new customers coming into the store with old customers just is is so rewarding. And that's a little a little snippet that you can look at and say things are going well. So uh, growth there for the company. Uh, it is in that for me personally, I I want to focus myself on more like the results of the things I in particular do, how well are they being received and how beneficial are they long term to the company? So my personal goals still lead towards that goal of company wide growth. Um, and and but they also are more targeted towards what did I do last time? How did it perform? What can I do differently? What else can I learn? What else can I implement um, and involve the company with? And at what point is there is there a certain cap level at which you want to say, hey, sh- should we stop? Should should we scale back? Are we, no one wants to say we, we can't do that or that we shouldn't do that. Everyone wants to grow as big as they possibly can. But are you prepared for that growth? Mm-hmm. If you suddenly, uh, just as a microcosm of it, if you plan this big magic event and you push it and you push it and you get this huge rush of people and then you don't have enough chairs and you don't have enough judge assistance and you don't have enough snacks in the in the in the cooler and drinks to sell and people are standing around outside in the hot sun you've grown faster than you were able to accommodate and now you've got unhappies you've got people who had a bad experience standing outside waiting to get into this tournament they never got in this place sucks um (laughs) so you have to be prepared for that and and ready to to catch that. So that's kind of where my goal is right now is making sure that we have growth, we have growth where we want it to grow, and that we can control that growth in a way that doesn't suddenly exceed what we are able to provide as we are still growing. So rapid growth has been wonderful for us in the last few years, but we also make we you have to make sure you stay ahead of that. Um, So we have to have, you know, Yes, sustainable growth. You have to have someone. You know, we, we've got operations manager, we've got the vice president, we've got you know people in the offices in the warehouse. Uh, everybody working really hard. So you got to grow it, and you got to stay with that growth, and not just rest on the. Well, we've always only had you know these two people doing this job. Well, you better be ready if you're seeing that growth to add another person to that job, um, and make sure that your your people are are still dedicated to doing that job. So. There's, there's a whole picture of that to, to keep in mind of as you grow, where are you growing and how are you growing? And at what point can you make sure to avoid empty growth? Um, it seems that that's such a strange thing to say, like careful about your growth, but careful about your growth. Absolutely. Um, be, be, be prepared for it and ready for it and ahead of it. Um, and for a lot of people, that's going to be really difficult because you can't allocate uh, resources to something that you haven't yet grown. So that's that's always going to be a challenge uh, for everybody. So keep keep driving that growth. Keep learning what you can. Keep doing the research. Keep talking to fantastic resources like Tom here. Uh, do do what you can and um, and be ready for that growth. And watch and learn from your own mistakes. Sometimes things you're going to do are going to work really really well. Sometimes not. And uh, that that you know it, it's emotionally difficult sometimes when you're like I think I had this great idea and I worked on it and I put it out there and womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, uh, back to the driver. I've learned something here, and it's it's important to keep that in perspective. That 
even something that worked for someone else might not work for you. It might not work for your business model or your personality or your team. Um, so be ready to, to <laughs> these corporate terms like pivot, be ready to pivot. Yeah. Um, do, watch what you're doing and what works and what isn't working. And maybe something that's worked for you for years is suddenly not working as well anymore. Um, keeping your eyes on that is, is the kind of thing that I really want to focus on for my goals is, is being as aware of as possible about the continued aspect of what our customers want and see how we're growing and being in front of that change as it, as it develops and evolves. Um, being mindful of that is, is hopefully what I am aiming towards as a personal goal. Adapt and overcome whatever it is. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. I was going to ask you, do you have any parting words of wisdom, but you just, laid out like a hundred of them. So I think that's great. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I do have a tendency to go on, don't I? Sorry. No, no problem. I think <laughs> this was a very uh, valuable conversation. I think people got a lot out of this. So uh, let's just let them know where they can connect with you again. Uh, you know, how do people reach out to you? What can they do to find more or find out more about Noble Knight and what you're doing and uh, all that stuff? Absolutely. So uh, again, we're Noble Knight Games and we're based uh, just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. You can find us online at www.noblenight.com. Um, that's night with a K, K-N-I-G-H-T. Uh, you can also reach out to me personally, uh, marketing at noblenight.com. Uh, we welcome you to visit our content site and give any feedback you have there as that's still a new platform for us. And that's play.noblenight.com. You can find that also on the button of Gaming Hall on our noblenight.com website. Uh, so I, I would welcome any of you to reach out, give feedback, give ideas, uh, ask questions. Uh, I'm, I'm a friendly resource and I'm sure you are too. And I'm certain that there are things we can learn from each other. So don't hesitate and, uh, check us out anytime. Uh, we, we'd love to speak with you. We're, we, uh, we're growing the pie, all of us. I think it's a perfect point to wrap things up. So thank you very much for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for inviting me. All right, that is it for today. For all the dedicated listeners who have made it to the end and are listening to this right now, you are the absolute best. And to show my appreciation, I want to give you a special offer only available to you because you made it all the way to the end of this episode with me. If you send me an email at tom at maniversesaga.com with the word MVP as the subject line, I will send you a link to grab an all-access pass for the upcoming LGS Success Summit for 50% off. This offer is not available anywhere else, and it's just for you as a listener of this podcast coming to the very end with me. Thanks for listening to today's interview with Jess Carrier from Noble Knight Games, and I want to thank Jess personally for coming on the show. I uh, certainly appreciate her giving us the time and sharing what she's learned working on uh, Noble Knight Games as the head of marketing and what she's working on right now and the, the new techniques and strategies that she's trying and how it's playing out. Can't wait to talk to her again. Jess is actually going to be one of the speakers at the upcoming LGS Success Summit. So very excited to talk about marketing again with Jess and really do a deep dive during the summit. Uh, I definitely recommend that you reach out to her and connect with her. You know, uh, send her an email, connect with her on Facebook. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask. And until next time, I'm Tom Traplin and I've been your host. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast.